Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Usually Go Long with Dunn and Monus. Jim is on the road. There's a lot happening in the NFL, so figured we'd do a semi-emergency solo podcast if you're looking to get your fix this weekend because, holy hell, things are moving fast in the world of pro football. Uh, free agencies around the corner. A lot of quarterback whispers that are turning into substantive action, I guess you could say, when the team president of the Green Bay Packers is publicly letting you all know they are done with Aaron Rodgers and are moving forward with Jordan Love. In so many words, I I, I mean, that is, he, he sounded, and remember, this is the de facto owner of the Green Bay Packers uh, speaking publicly on the matter. Um, it's about as blunt as it gets when he says, quote, I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we would want them, yeah, when asked, there's a scenario in which Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Quote, he's obviously a great player and four-time MVP, but I think it's trying to find what he wants and what we want, and hopefully we can find a win-win. He confirmed they gave him permission to speak to the Jets. Quote, we're really hopeful that we can reach a resolution that works not only for Aaron, but for us, quote, very few players play for only one team. And obviously, Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career here. And this is to WBAY, fantastic local TV uh, station out in Green Bay. A lot of good buddies of mine worked there over the years. Uh, quote, and regardless of what happens, Aaron will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He'll be in our Hall of Fame and we'll bring him back and retire his number. But this is just one of the things that you go through as a team. Again, we want to try to achieve something that's good for both Aaron and us. And of course, echoing Brian Gudikins, he said that, quote, this is on Jordan Love. We have a lot of confidence in him. We drafted him and developed him. A lot of credit goes to our coaches and to Jordan but we do think he's ready. So Mark Murphy might as well have, uh, you know, found found the highest mountaintop he could and let everybody know they're moving forward with Jordan Love, which is, of course, what Bob McGinn here at Go Long reported uh, three and a half weeks ago, that Green Bay is moving forward with Jordan Love. They are finished with Aaron Rodgers. They've grown tired of Aaron Rodgers, and I think this last offseason kind of confirmed everything when he he blew it off and showed up in, in not the best shape and, and didn't work with those young receivers. And even more than all of that, Jordan Love is ready. Year two to year three, the jump he took, the work he did with Steve Calhoun, his knowledge of the offense and applying all that knowledge to the field, hitting that back foot, spitting the ball out. They saw it in practice. They saw it in the games. They this this is 2008 all over again. This is the same rhetoric that you heard out of Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, uh, and the Green Bay Packers way back when Mark Murphy first took over as the team president, and they were that confident in Aaron Rodgers, uh, despite Brett Favre taking you to the NFC Championship game the year prior. Uh, so, you know, Aaron does hold some leverage here. He does have the threat of retirement. He's just strange enough to get everybody to believe that, that 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 threat is real. I think when he's telling multiple podcasters that he believes he's still an MVP quarterback um, and he sounds like a motivated dude, I, I, I don't buy it, but he's got the threat of it. So that kind of gives him the leverage here to drag this out if he wants. Right. He said, he, he said right after the season, you know, right after his lethargic, 
two of six for 12 yards in an interception in the fourth quarter, lost to the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field in the regular season finale to get into the playoffs. After that, he said he was not going to hold Green Bay hostage. He could, in theory. I think even, and this is exactly what Bob said in that initial report, that even Aaron would have to realize it's best to save face and 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 accept the trade, right? And to move on. Green Bay is moving on. He has to move on. And if he does want to retire, that's fine. If he wants to stick it to the doubters once more, great. Here's a here's a trade partner with the New York Jets with an owner in Woody Johnson who just flew across the country to go to your turf to woo you and convince you that the Jets are ready to win. They've got a really good roster. Joe Douglas has drafted really, really well around the quarterback position. Um, Robert Sala seems to be a coach that players love to play for. They competed. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Quinnen Williams, Sauce Gardner, obviously, uh, Michael Carter II. You've got, you've got a decent core to work with with the New York Jets. And if, if Aaron does believe he's still that four-time MVP Aaron, then in, in theory, you believe in yourself. You accept the trade. You go there. Now, what's the compensation? I think a first-round pick. What are they, 13th overall? That That's probably a little steep. Green Bay probably would love for the Jets to absorb a lot of that $59 million, um, and then just take what they can get. I mean, this sounded like a team president, as we've been saying all along here. I think Green Bay is just, they're not going to come out and say this, but they'll just, they'll just take what they can take at this point. And they're, now, granted, they're not going to take no fourth, fifth round pick, but if it's a second with conditions, maybe a couple seconds with a couple conditions, whatever the case may be, I think that Green Bay is ready to move on and hopeful that the Jets will take on this money or a good portion of it. And then just let's get Jordan Love moving. Let's let's transition. That this sounds like a GM and a president, and I'll even say a coach in Matt Lafleur. You know he's been really straddling that balance beam all along, saying all of these really really nice things about Aaron Rodgers because it it's smart as a head coach to attach yourself to an MVP Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll say that. Maybe we disagree on that with Bob. I mean, he is an all-time great. It's smart to attach yourself to that player, but to a point, right? That breaking point is here, whether it's the drama. But more than the drama, I think it's his play. Um, he wasn't seeing the field. Open receivers all season long just didn't see him. Legs were underneath him. Was a was a, was an average quarterback in this offense. And I, I would think that Matt LaFleur, all of these coaches, I mean, they want to run their offense. They've got a little ego. They, they, they believe their X's and O's are going to win. And as good as Aaron Rodgers was, is getting this team in the right play, it was at its best when he had Devontae Adams out there to, to operate that way. Um, I, I think at this point, with a Jordan Love and a Christian Watson and a Romeo Dobbs and an Aaron Jones and an A.J. Dillon, the very young nucleus that's kind of grown together, remember that two teams within one philosophy, um, that, that was smart all along. And now you're seeing it kind of come to fruition here. So, yeah, I think I would say Matt LaFleur, is on the same page as Brian Gutekinds, as Mark Murphy. Everybody organizationally is ready to move on to Jordan Love. And Mark Murphy's comments, I believe this was at a, the girls' basketball tournament in Wisconsin. That's right. Um, at, at, right at the Rush Center, which is across the street from Lambeau Field. 
uh, which used to, I'm not sure what the lay of the land is. It used to be attached to Shopko Hall, which had a sweat sale every year when I lived out there. Man, hoodies for four bucks. I think I still got my McNeese State hoodie for four bucks. Everybody makes fun of me for wearing it. Most comfortable hoodie I wore in my life. Green Bay, great place to live. $4 hoodies, $2 Miller Lights. Yeah, at the rest center. That's where Mark Murphy said this. I mean, it's so Green Bay, isn't it? Like <laughs> Mark Murphy, team president, letting everybody know they're moving on with Jordan Love at, at the girls' basketball tournament. So that's where things stand. I Timeline, I would think any, any day. I mean, if it's the Jets, um, what would be the hangup other than Aaron Rodgers wanting to hold teams hostage, which he said he would not do. Uh, it's not just the Packers at this point. It's the Jets because if they don't, they're not going to go the rookie route again. They did that. Sam Darnold bombed. Zach Wilson bombed 10 times over. They they want a veteran. So they'd probably move on to a Jimmy Garoppolo, but at some point, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to sign with the team. Derek Carr's already, he said, screw this. I'm going to sign with the New Orleans Saints. They're offering me this. Good for him. Took the money and went to a, a I, th- I think a really good Saints team. Um, they're the best team in the NFC South right now. Uh, but so I, th- I think it would happen soon. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this, the deal is done. So we'll see. We'll keep you abreast on the situation with stories. I know Bob McGinn has promised to do another podcast once the dust settles. Granted, he is drowning in NFL draft coverage right now. He's been talking to personnel men and scouts around the league um, to get to get that series started, the full nine-part series that starts uh, as we get a little closer to the NFL draft. But right now at GoLongTD.com, you'll see his initial top 55, um, two parts, offense and defense. This is the dirt, the skinny. This is how the NFL really views all of these prospects from Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. They wanted the same mark as Stroud. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, uh, you'll get, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see what these teams really do think about these prospects. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson on the defensive side of the ball. And I think we'll, we'll kind of transition there because there was a blockbuster of a trade uh, that we all have expected this to go down, but the Chicago Bears are indeed trading the number one overall pick in the draft to the Panthers. Four picks and wide receiver DJ Moore. And here are those four picks in case you missed it. The ninth overall pick this season. The 61st overall pick in the second round this season. A 2024 first rounder and a 2025 second rounder. So that is a pretty damn good haul for Ryan Poles, the Chicago Bears. A team that absolutely needed more than just a Will Anderson, than just a... Jalen Carter. I mean, if you believe in Justin Fields, which I think they have every reason to, to see this through. Granted, he's not a Poles pick, uh, not a Luke Getzey guy, but they they have this quarterback who has a ton of athletic gifts. You no, know, he's got some girth to him. He's he's tough. I think pound for pound, he can withstand it a little bit to to run to a point. But they have to develop him as a passer, and I, I think Jalen Hurts. Just look at what Philadelphia was able to do with him schematically. Same exact position a year ago with Hertz, where no, nobody really knew what his future was. Granted, Philly won a few more games than Chicago did last year uh, before they reached the Super Bowl. But I think you saw enough in Justin Fields to believe 
you know, surround him with some talent. His offensive line was terrible. The supporting cast, really, really bad. So now you give him a true number one and DJ Moore. You gobble up all these picks. You can go to work with your scouts. You can build a team. I, I love this for the Chicago Bears. I think this is what they should have done all along. Uh, now, that means I, and it's easy to say this now. Well, we should have this conversation two, three years from now. It feels like a win-win because I think Carolina had to be bold as well. I mean, Carolina is a team that's been just uh, a hamster on a wheel with these quarterbacks, whether it's just retread veterans, picks that flame out, you know, even you know, second and third rounders. They, they they had to just be bold, move up in the draft, get in control of the draft at number one. Because now you can pick Bryce Young, you can pick C.J. Stroud. They've indicated uh, via Joe Person, excellent beat writer at the Athletic for the Carolina Panthers. He put this out there. Hey, they're open to moving back down a little bit, right? Maybe they can move down a slot. If they really think whoever is going to move up wants a Bryce Young and they really like C.J. Stroud, theoretically, maybe you can, you know, recover a draft pick in the process. So they're in command right now. And I think whether it's Young, whether it's Stroud, you've got a quarterback that you can potentially build around. I'm going to pull up Bob's stuff right now. And this is just for our paid subscribers that go along. So it's a, it's a perfect time to get back in. If you're, if you're not a paid subscriber, just a, a loads and loads of insight from Bob. I'll give you a little teaser right here. So this is what one scout said about Bryce Young. Quote, he won the Texas game by himself. That's the thing Brett Favre had. Over many, many others, he could bring his team from behind in college. In college, he did it repeatedly. This is a phenomenal kid. Other than small, that's the only knock he has. He's smart as shit, a natural passer, can run. He's got all the intangibles. I'd take Bryce Young with the number one pick if I was the Bears. And so he was 5'10 and 1'8 inch at the Combine. Uh, for comparison's sake, Russell Wilson was actually a little taller at 5'10, 5'8s. And, and he was 205, a pound heavier, I guess, than Bryce Young. Uh, and this is what another scout said. He and Wilson are the same types of guys. Really smart players, competitors. When the game's on the line, they can make plays. Really, the only negative people see is is the size. Over and over again, the scouts really describe Bryce Young as a player you want to build your franchise around. And here's C.J. Stroud, the same kind of stuff. And I think this is probably indicative of that last bowl game that you saw out of C.J. Stroud. Here's what one scout said. Reminds me of Mahomes. First time I ever compared anyone to Mahomes. He's about the same size as Mahomes, 6'2", 225. Mahomes are in a 4'8", but I think this guy might be a little faster. If I was Chicago, I'd trade fields and take this guy. And he noted the college football semifinal as one of the best performances I've seen. This is the same scout. He was missing a first-round running back and a first-round receiver. Got hurt in the third quarter. He put the team on his back. And that's against Georgia, a team loaded, obviously. So Carolina really can't go wrong with with either quarterback, right? I, I think this is a fantastic move for them. They, they, they needed one. Do you really want to try to risk a Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? You know, maybe, maybe one of those quarterbacks does pan out, but... I would just go with a short thing, one of these two, and now they've, they're in position to take one of them, maybe even slide down a pick. If the Texans have a preference over one or the other, maybe they, they give the Panthers something. So it's about being coy, not letting anybody know who you like near and dear to your heart. 
Uh, so that's the trade that just went down. Like it for both sides. And finally, Tua Tunga Viola and the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have decided to pick up his fifth year option for 2024. Love the move. I know it's debatable and I get it because of the concussions. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, it's a little horrifying because as we know, second, third, fourth, fifth, the more concussions you have, the worse the symptoms get. And he could reach a point where he just, his career is over. I, I totally understand the risk. It's, it, it's frankly horrifying. On the flip side, we just saw with Daniel Jones how the Giants absolutely should have picked up the fifth-year option in retrospect. Now, back then, anybody outside of Jones's inner circle and his family would, wouldn't have done that because nobody knew where this was going to go with Daniel Jones. But Tua, to get him on the hook, $23.2 million for 2024. That's not this season, the next season. Now you've got two seasons, manageable money, before you would theoretically have to give him a whopper of an extension, which if he is perfect for the Mike McDaniel offense – Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all the weapons they have, then he is going to get that big deal. And I think that, you know, it's so it could go that route. It really, it really could. Um, you all know, you probably read our, our series that go along. I was high on Tua when they're what, eight and three. And then the season kind of fell apart. Uh, defense is adjusted. Now it's on Tua to adjust. It's on the quarterback and the head coach and this offense to counter this offseason and be ready. I, I think with, and this has kind of been a theme here. I mean, quarterbacks can improve. We saw a huge improvement out of Tua, you know, moving from a, a head coach who didn't believe in him, who was the antithesis of being quarterback friendly, player friendly, and Brian Flores to one that made him believe in himself all over again. I think that they could reach a whole other level if he's healthy. Granted, a huge if, but if he's healthy, this is a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. Um, given the scheme, given the weapons, I, I like it. I, I think that, you know, you lock in for two years, see where this goes. By by 2024, that, that number isn't even going to seem as high as it does right now. Let's remember that Daniel Jones just signed a deal that's 40 mil a year. Um, and I, and I do, and that is more of a two year deal. I mean, you know, we got to remember that as well for the Giants that it's, they, they can get out of this in two years if they want. They still have that a little bit of flexibility at the quarterback position, which is important. Uh, if you can, if you can maintain a little bit of that. All right. That's going to do it for this quick solo pod. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing, for listening. Have a long form feature right now at the site on Trent Sherfield. He really does kind of expose the darker side of the NFL when he wins a starting job with the Arizona Cardinals and what happens on the verge of the 2019 season, his wide receivers coach tells him you deserve this spot. You won this spot, but the GM Steve Kime just drafted these three wide receivers and he wants them to play. So you're going to go to the bench. You're going to go to special teams. I think this happens more often than people think, but yeah, Trent Sherfield, we talked for over two hours. He takes it from the beginning and growing up in Danville, Illinois, and just pinning college letters all over his walls and setting up leaf bags in his backyard when his stepfather challenged him and said he doesn't work hard enough. There is so much depth to the Trent Sherfield story that I really do think he represents the true NFL story um, that, that goes beyond 
everything we see on our televisions right now, everything we see with the mock drafts and kind of glorifying and romanticizing um, these prospects. The, the, Trent, this is what really happens to guys once they enter the NFL, for better or worse. And he, as he said, he's not bitter, and he thinks he's better for it all. I, I think you'll really enjoy this story. It's uh, Again, it's at golongtea.com. Check it out. Share with a friend. That's how we keep this thing going. And we'd love to have you as a subscriber. Thank you so much.